Welcome to Grace at the Table, a podcast from Grace Community Church where we take culturally relevant topics and discuss them biblically and practically. Welcome back to part two of the Christian and Social Media, where we talk about how to deal with social media with wisdom as a Christian. All right, so if we can, briefly, um, because we spend a lot of time talking about how we respond to different things, and I want to make sure we get a chance to address the things that we observe, that we are responding to, that maybe we didn't put out. So in responding to social media um, that we didn't do, so stuff we're seeing, what are the sins that we can fall into when we jump into arguments? We're going to drop into a couple questions that have specific scenarios. We want to talk about arguments, people that stay silent, and then how we're going to handle offenses, if we can get through all three of those. So you can address any one of them in whatever way they make sense to you, but... Arguments on social media? Yes. What? Shocking, I know. <laughs> All right. So like how, so what are the sins we can fall into when we jump headfirst into arguments? Yes, because we're still looking at us. I mean, you can look at other people, but I think biblically, we want to try to address ourselves here in the way that we respond to everything that we engage, because that's what we're accountable for. So when you're observing, so you, the you, observing other arguments, so not necessarily your argument. It could be your argument, but an argument that's out there. <laughs> but here I go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, and, and, you know, it's hard because maybe there, there might be some limited place for that, but I, I keep coming back to in First Timothy, I think it's First Timothy 3 when it says the Lord's servant um, must not be quarrelsome. Like, <laughs> must, and, you know, um, must be be gentle and then it's you know able to teach bring correction with patience so there is that kind of there is a place for pushback but if the lord if if we're serving jesus we're not going to be quarrelsome argumentative people so i can already hear the people going but where's the room for good biblical common debate and arguments that are healthy i can already hear it so what is your response to that, then, in light of that verse? So my response is, is yeah, I think that's in that in that text of you know bringing correction with patience stuff. I just think that um, that those things, being gentle and bringing correction with patience, are mm-hmm. really difficult to do on social media or even to communicate on social media because you okay. don't have all that in person, the body language, those kinds of things. And so, if you want to stand for biblical truth take it offline. <laughs> so you're saying it may not be that you can't have that conversation, but you're, are you making the appeal of wisdom then in context for that there? Is that more what you Yeah. And say, Hey, I'd love okay. to follow up with you about this. Send the person a message, say, Hey, let's, let, let's talk. Okay. And if someone's response call. is, well, I don't really know them like that to go do that in person, or that would be weird. Your comment is. Also, you know, maybe you're not meeting at Starbucks. You probably can't meet at Starbucks these days anyway, but maybe it's maybe it's just moving it from the comment section to the kind of the direct message mm-hmm. and you can kind of have because it seems like that immediately lowers the lowers the temperature of the conversation once it's private. Um, and do you have biblical business correcting or addressing someone on social media though if you wouldn't do it in person? So say that again. Like, is it really your place to go and address someone's conduct if you if it happened in person and you would say, I don't know them well enough or it's not my place to do it? Mm-hmm. Would you still feel that even though you're loosely connected on social media, that somehow that does give you a place to do that? I, I, sometimes we, we feel that way because social media is the great leveling platform that everyone's just kind of the same distance away from me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that 
like that, biblically, like how do you, yeah, so, are you but, called to that? But or biblically, that? I think, so correct me if I'm wrong here, guys, but I think, but biblically, I think correction happens in the context of, of love and relationship. Um, you know, that you know, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Um, you don't go up and slap a stranger. <laughs> yeah, but is this like a deep personal friendship? Because some people would be like, well, I don't know them like that, but it's like a loose connection kind of thing. So it's like we're friends on Facebook, but I don't like deal with them. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of people that have internet connections like that. So they would maybe kind of, I find a lot of people teeter on the balance of, well, do I really have a place to say anything or is it not enough of a relationship to do that? Thoughts, comments? It doesn't have to be Brendan. I'm aiming at Brendan. It doesn't have to be you. Um, yeah, I, I mean, not being on social media, I can say whatever I would think here. That's right. Um, but I don't know if it were me that I would want to be correcting people on social media. Okay. Um, I just, uh, being a pastor for many years, one of the things I've learned is that written communication is not as full and complete as being in person. Mm -hmm. uh, no body language, no tone, and tone can be misunderstood very easily. So I don't know how wise I would think it would be to try to do that well uh, on social media. Um, so I, I'd be reluctant probably to do that. I'd probably say, look, and the other thing I would say is a lot of what passes as correction I think falls into the category of let me prove to you why my opinion is right and yours is wrong. Mm. And I don't think that's really correction. Mm. I think that falls more into argument and debate. Okay. Well, I think there's a number of factors you have to think through too. Because obviously it's hypothetical here. So, mm -hmm. I mean, for me, I would weigh, yeah, is, is this person a follower of Jesus? Is this person I do have a relationship enough with that I can go talk to them about? Because those things weigh in in my mind of, of whether I want to go talk to them about these things. A lot of it is, all right, hey, I don't agree with that comment. You know what? This isn't the time or place to do it. I just need to, from my own heart, I just need to move past that. Mm -hmm. um, if it's a, a, a good friend of mine who is a follower of Christ, like, yeah, maybe there is a place where I need to say, hey, I, I think I want to understand what you said here more. Mm -hmm. And then if there's a place then to, to go from there, uh, if there is a correction needed, then be able to take that, whether it be a mes message, offline, et cetera. Because I think we, we're so quick to rush, to rush to judgment to assume we know everything that's being said. Mm -hmm. We've met a miscontext, whatever else. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times we'll jump to anger, we'll jump to stress, whatever else, that it isn't necessarily fully understanding the situation first. Mm -hmm. And there's so many verses you think about in, in Proverbs and James and more about being quick to listen and slow to speak. And yet social media, we, we oftentimes seem to do the opposite. We seem to be quick to speak and then understand later, be like, oh, wait, my bad, I didn't, I didn't understand that. Yes, uh, like one of the things we need to, to understand is that the same biblical principles that apply the, to relationships in person apply to relationships on social media. Sometimes we get these disconnected. And so if, so if it is God's will that you should be slow to speak, quick to listen, mm -hmm. that applies on social media. Um, if... Uh, if it is a, the mark of, a, of gospel humility that I assume the best about your motives. Mm 
uh, then I'm commanded to do that on social media as, as well. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's not an option for me that, oh, it's digital. Okay. Uh, so briefly, because I know we need to move on. We have several questions that people have sent in. I'm going to make sure we get to those. But um, for the many people out there that don't engage. There's a lot of people that watch a lot of crazy and a lot of upsetting things and hurtful things and things that are just difficult to consume, go by and don't engage that stuff. But there's still just as much, I think, temptation and struggle for them to respond biblically and, you know, to even maybe forgive in some cases, some of the stuff that they're observing. So even for the non-engaging folk, the people who are not arguing, debating, you know, getting into it, um, any advice for those people on helpful ways to process that through for their hearts? <laughs> Keeping it brief well, if we one, can. <laughs> one thing that I would say is if you're watching social media or following things there that are affecting your heart and causing you to sin in your heart towards the people who are doing these things, I think of Jesus' words, you know, he said, if your eye causes you to sin, cut it off. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. So if social media is calling you, causing you to sin, cut it off. Okay. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. There it is. All right. Well, I, think, I think if it's, again, I think a lot of it relates to a relationship. And I think if, mm -hmm. if, if, I, if I had, if I found my heart growing cold or angry or bitter towards somebody, I'm probably going to have to resolve that in some context, you know, probably best face-to-face -face if possible. Um, and I think you can exercise the best you can, you know, being quick to hear and slow to speak with the, those situations, but there will be times we'll probably have to choose, you know, to forgive. But I do think that, I do think that the, just the, there's, when I'm on Facebook, I'm, I'm flipping past anything that I think this probably is not going to be good for my soul. And I just move on past to the fluffy stuff or, or the inspirational things or the birthdays or whatever. <laughs> you know, I'm reading about, you know, people's sicknesses or whatever, too. But I think that if you know this person always, you know, affects me negatively, mm -hmm. then I'm probably not going to keep going back to that site or, you know, or, or I know some people will block something or whatever. So. Don't, don't mm -hmm. read the comments. It's... Only darkness and despair <laughs> lies there. <laughs> I think a lot of it is, is yeah, knowing yourself, knowing where your temptations are, and also going to the Lord or reflecting with the Lord. Like, all right, what are the elements that are helpful for me here? What are the things that I need to, I need to avoid? Um, and b being smart in that respect. Um, well, sometimes it takes time to understand with the Lord, like, what is it that I need to engage in and what is it that I need to step away from? Yeah, and maybe even just stepping away, even briefly, just to have that conversation with God to get the clarity. Because sometimes, if you're staring it down, it's like I can't think straight. And the, the same again, the same biblical principles apply here. So our our first, if if I have an offense against uh, against my brother, um, mm -hmm. first thing is let love cover a multitude of offenses. If mm -hmm. I can just in in Christian love and out of love for Jesus, just let this go and it can move on and I can scroll past, then cool, awesome. That, you know, that might take a little processing. There is, that doesn't mean just bearing it down as it builds up. It's actually, yeah, that's true. actually letting love cover it yes. and be able to move past that rather than just bearing it and letting it build. Yeah, okay. so uh, yeah, actually work within love and I can let it go. If I can't let it go uh, and... That might be something I need to work on in my own heart um, to grow in love, but that might also mean I need to go to the person, and now it becomes a Matthew 18 kind of thing, and, and go to the person, appeal for sake of relationship, for sake of love, to talk it through, to aim at restoration and reconciliation. Mm -hmm. 
And okay. I think as pastors, this is something uh, the last year or two we've shared with the congregation is that if we see things that we feel are clearly sinfully, you know, violating, you know, the covenant that they make when they become a member of the church, you know, of how they speak to one another and so forth, um, you know, we're going to, you know, we need to go to that person, you know, even as leaders, we want to do that. Okay. If we go like 10 minutes over, is that doable or is it going to, the world's going to end? No. Okay. All right. So that's a maybe, but we'll see. Cause I got some good questions and I want to make sure we get into these for people. So first question how do I know when my child is ready for social media? What's a good, healthy way to help determine that? Popcorn answers, please. Age 25. <laughs> 50. I think part of it is, is engaging their maturity level, understanding you know, where are they finding their self-worth, where are they finding things like that. Um, and part of that continual balance of as you're, as you're transitioning from parent to through the teenage years to help them be more of an adult, like what are the responsibilities you can give them and help them think through how do you do this biblically and, and wise? Because if we send them out there with no guardrails and nothing, we might be setting them up for failure. Mm-hmm. And what places do we need to let them fail? What places do we need to guide them walk, walk alongside them to help them understand the pitfalls of this, understand the pitfalls of social media and how it can be harmful to them and then work with them to understand what is this going to be the best thing for us going forward? What is going to be the best thing for, for this individual, for this teen, whatever else, going mm-hmm. forward. Um, but think that with them, even, and bring them into that conversation in some respect. There was no so- social media when I raised my kids, but <laughs> um, I remember when I took my daughter to, was dropping her off at a fall semester uh, at Towson, and I was shocked by the difference from just the year before. I, like, everybody walking around was on a phone, and the year before that, I didn't, I didn't notice that at all. And, uh, and I remember thinking, you know, my, this is a world my, 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 my kid is in. This is the world they're in. So I don't want to be on the cutting edge of, you know, of technology necessarily with them, and I don't want to be on the, the lagging issue because, mm-hmm. because that creates a whole other dynamic of relational issues mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I probably have to walk with them for a time when they start using social media and, and, and according to you know, whatever I think would be safe for them. Mm-hmm. But I want to walk with them you know, in, those, in the, whatever year that is, whether it's a middle school or a high school or whatever that would be. Right. I want to walk with them and just find out how, how it's affecting them and, and what's being said and how they should respond. So I probably would walk a little closer with them during that time. Okay. So one thing you're, I'm picking up is avoidance is not the answer. This is about training and preparation. I think so. Okay. Well, I think you've been understanding a little bit of how social media works because, for example, like a TikTok, mm-hmm. um, their algorithm actually is very public and you can understand how to manipulate your feed mm-hmm. and so you can actually help people to understand how do you actually look at this in a positive way versus just seeing trash on there. You can manipulate that by what you like and what you follow, what you watch, and that can change overnight what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. And then it can be a tool for good versus just a thing for evil. Yeah, and- yeah I would uh, certainly think that avoidance is not a good strategy uh, because uh, kids are going to be exposed to this. Uh, everybody else that they're going to be in contact with is going to be engaged at some level in these things. So I think the the wise parent tries to prepare their child to be wise as they kind of grow and you know and as they get grow through the you know through the years and are going to be encountering that because your goal is to help them be able to do that in a good wise way Uh, and avoidance often causes the opposite reaction of rebellion because there can be resentment 
uh, mm -hmm. because kids feel like, you know, they've been treated differently in a way that wasn't helpful to them in their peer relationships. And, and I, th I think this, uh, this process, this parenting process sh should start really young. And, I, and I, don't, I don't mean, you know, give your kid a phone when they're, when they're five. I mean that I think you'll have the most success with your teenager and social media if you think, I, I've got a six-year-old six and a three-year-old. I should be thinking now about the kind of relationship and trust and communication I'm establishing with my kids now mm -hmm. that'll bear fruit when they're 13 or 14. And so, like, the, mm -hmm. the things about being involved in their lives and knowing, knowing who their friends are and what you're talking about, what you learn at school, encouragement, not in kind of an overbearing way, but if, if you can establish those safe communication now mm -hmm. that will help when you're needing to you know have oversight of their social media when they're a teenager well it's always earlier than we think it is i mean i think i remember hearing when i was in college which is now like 10 years ago which is crazy <laughs> um or more uh i remember then hearing about how for example the, the world of pornography if you're not talking to your mm -hmm. first grade son about pornography you're behind the eight ball already because that's how easy it is to access different things like this. And the same, same thing is, mm -hmm. it's going to come sooner than we realize. And so rather than trying to, to backtrack and, go ahead and kind of think back, let's, let's be proactive in, in how we're talking to those things, even at an earlier age than we might think, because it'll help prepare them well for what their friends are already experiencing, maybe even. Mm -hmm. Is there a way to compromise safely and healthily with kids on different social media platforms, the way that it's used, time spent, or is compromise not really the goal here? I, mean, I think if, if you're talking with them and having conversations with them, help them understand why. Mm -hmm. I, I think, yeah, compromise can be a great thing. But it's, it's helping them understand, just like every kid, when they're two or three, asking the why, why. Mm -hmm. It's working through those whys with them. We're yeah. saying there's got to be healthy boundaries here, and here's why. And therefore, let's compromise together to talk about what actually makes sense here. Okay. Yeah, I think, um, I think one of the big challenges of parenting is my job as a parent is to uh, do my best to cultivate um, a responsible uh, person as they grow in their maturity. And so if I try to control too much, then I don't do that. Um, and I just kind of create some resentment because I'm trying to control. Mm -hmm. So the challenge, I think, is how to cultivate and build personal responsibility in the life of your child. Mm -hmm. And that kind of changes as they get older through the childhood years. But that's kind of what I'm wanting to do. So I'm, I'm wanting as a parent to try to look at how I can help them, uh, educate them, you know, whatever the pieces are to, but I want them to make good choices mm -hmm. to, you know, to be able to do that because that's what's going to sustain them mm -hmm. through time. And I think the, the error some people make is they, they pick, you know, like an age, like this is the age when you're going to get a phone or this is the age when you can do these. Again, for my kids, it was, it was video games back then. Mm -hmm. And so I'm watching the fruit of their time in video games. And so how much time they got really related to what fruit we were seeing along the way. And mm -hmm. so, you know, we're talking to them about, 
you know, managing themselves and their relationships and their anger and all these things as to, you know, what are we seeing when this is happening? And if this is the way this is going to, you know, we're going to, we can't be playing this game now or something mm -hmm. like that. So I think you, you got to work with a, the child where they're at. And, it, and it's not standard to everybody at this age is the same place, you know. Mm -hmm. um, one question that's in here that touches a little bit on what Eric was saying. Like, is it feasible really to navigate social media sites um, to try to, make sure that you don't run into unedifying content. I mean, there's so much out there. It doesn't take much, honestly. I mean, even on Facebook, depending on who you're friends with, you're gonna get hit with a bunch of crazy, you know, that you may or may not wanna see. So what's a good way to, if there is a way, to deal with that? Is there a healthy way to kind of process that through or what is what are the right steps to take? And are we talking like beyond parenting now? We're just saying like for me personally? Just as a person, um, either parenting or as a person, but I think probably more as a person just because you're the one who's experiencing that. As a parent, you may or may not know if your kid's experiencing that. Yeah, there's... Uh, all right, I want to talk Facebook first because there, there's okay. a fine line here because I'd say on, on one hand, a, a simple solution is is unfollow people who are causing you to stumble and you know mm -hmm. tri tripping you up because because the unfollow feature is great because you didn't unfriend them you didn't block them it just you're just saying facebook don't show me their stuff anymore mm -hmm. um, on the other hand i'm i'm a little hesitant as to how the how easy that is and how that that ease itself is discipling us is shaping mm -hmm. how we do relationship because uh, I, I think that I, what I'm starting to see is that that's bleeding into our real lives, that we don't know how to handle conflict, uh, that I, I don't know how to resolve differences, because I'm so used to just unfollow, unfollow, super easy on social media. And so, like, so uh, I don't know, this is, I don't have a clear answer. P part of it is, like, if this is definitely drawing you into sinful patterns and things like that, un you know, you can unfollow. But I think if you find it drawing you into sinful patterns, that's revealing something about your own heart mm -hmm. too. That so are you saying the question becomes more how comfortable are you sitting in a place where you know temptation darts are coming at you if you yeah, go there? Because the, the ideal, the goal, like the vision should be, I want to be like Jesus on social media, going right in friends with sinners, mm -hmm. and going right in loving my enemies and the people who, who disagree with me the most strongly. Um, and so that's going to take practice and that's going to take work. And so I, I worry that if we just unfollow that we're going to shortcut, short circuit that work of the spirit to make us like Jesus. Mm. Well, I think there's a couple different ways. I think about like if it's a, a parent kid relationship is, I think it to me is why the pre getting on social media, understanding what it's about is so helpful because you can help have conversations then of what are you seeing? Is it helpful? Is it not? What steps do you need to take? I mean, I think about, especially in the, in the area for, well, for everybody nowadays, in the area of lust. I feel like it's so easy to find things you shouldn't be seeing on, mm -hmm. on all these different platforms. And so it's, yeah, one, how do you create boundaries? Two, how do you have good, good communication so you can talk through these things well, whether it be for yourself with the Lord or, or with a kid? And then it's, is there areas where you just need to kind of say, all right, this isn't helpful. We need to skirt around this thing and get this out of there. Um, but it's having those conversations in the process and understanding yeah, what is it that's going to be helpful and, and what are the boundaries we need to set? And so is there, is there time boundaries? Is there even things like uh, filtering, whether it be uh, a covenant or whatever else like that, that can help mm -hmm. filter out things you shouldn't be seeing 
things like that can be helpful for both individuals as well as for a parent-kid relationship. Okay. Um, another question is, as a Christian, do I have an obligation to use social media as opposed to avoiding it altogether in order to be salt and light in a way that my culture recognizes? Or, in other words, is it cowardly for Christians to refuse to engage using social media? I think we should have Don Footnote, that sorry, one. Pastor Don. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that one's aimed at you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I've wrestled with the question of social media over the years. I think most of my reasons for not getting on social media in earlier years were more personal. Um, you know, the way it used to be used more mm -hmm. to kind of share what you did today and what's going on in your life and your post your pictures. That's kind of not me as a person. I'm probably, uh, plus I don't type. <laughs> and so anything <laughs> that requires keyboard using is not attractive to me. Um, but so, but at the same time, and as a pastor, um, I think the, there are benefits to social media to, to kind of be aware of what's going on with people. And I, and I kind of personally mediate that because my, between my family and the other pastors, I, I feel like I kind of know what's going on in people's lives. But so I don't think you're sinning if you don't get on social media. Um, is it I, some kind of cowardly that. move that you're not on there, or move? anyone? Really? I have never thought of it as a cowardly move, to be honest. I think I did think of it as I don't need another distraction in my life when I first made that decision because I got enough of them already. Um, so, no, I, I don't. Um, I mean, I don't know what... I think someone has to evaluate your heart and your motivation for why you are on or not mm -hmm. on but uh, I don't think it's the 11th commandment that you have to be on social media. And it doesn't hinder your witness in some way. <laughs> yeah, Greg said Jesus wasn't on social media. This is true. As far as we know. That's right, that's right. <laughs> Astute the, observation. The command, be salt and light in your world. It's, it's, it's in your world. If that mm -hmm. involves social media, great, be salt and light there. If it doesn't, great, be salt and light where you are. Yeah. So really, be salt and light in the real world, now, not necessarily the well, social media that said, internet world. I think one could see social media as a venue to be salt and light, but salt and light has, has a lot more to do with how we do things than what we do or say. Um, it's not whether we're saying things that are true or countering things that aren't. Mm -hmm. Being salt and light has a lot to do with the things we've been talking about in these Beatitudes. You know, meekness, gentleness, kindness being, you know, the, the wisdom that God has in James. Proverbs is full of, as Eric said, Proverbs is full of um, things that will help you be wise in how you be salt and light in social media. So, um, so it's, it's salt and light is as much about how we do things than it is whether we're some uh, standard bearer for the truth of God against the evils of the world. All right, next question. What is the best way to deal with cancel culture in a world where being conservative and or Christian is not the mainstream? Loaded question, right? Boom. Hmm? Can you repeat that? Okay. Um, what is the best way to deal with cancel culture in a world where being conservative and or Christian is not the mainstream? Don't cancel people. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a great, that's a really good question. And um, uh, it's easy to feel that reality in the world we live in today. But for me, I guess what I would think of is it's two things. It's one, um, I'm not going to let the world define what I think and believe and hold as true or right. But secondly, I'm going to want to engage with the world with the kind of wisdom and meekness that we're talking about here in how I interact with people um, because that is the demonstration of the gospel that people need to now, whether they accept that or not or how they respond to that, I can't be responsible for that part of it. I think a couple different pieces. One, for for people, if you're a believer and you're doing the canceling at times, part of it's understanding the reality of, of there's a good, bad split of everybody. Just because someone says one thing they don't agree with doesn't make them all bad. So first understanding that, understanding like, hey, I can, I can be edified by pieces of this person and, and not agree with everything they say, and that's okay. And then two is, if on the other end of it, is, is knowing one, your worth isn't defined by someone else, it's defined by the Lord, as we talked mm-hmm. about before. Um, and also with that... Um, just lost it. Dang it. Should we take that as a sign from the Lord? Good. Should we yeah, move something on? else good is there. <laughs> Supposed to be me. Or... Um, oh, yeah. Just like the idea of how you're living it out with, with gentleness and meekness. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think I, we'd all be agreeing and believe that how we live out our faith well, if we're doing those things well, that will be attractive to other people. And we're not responsible mm-hmm. for their, how they're going to view that and take that. Um, but I think that if we're living out our faith poorly, rushing to judgment, rushing to anger, that's where it's going to be causing issues to other people in that respect. Yeah. But at at some level as Christians, I think we shouldn't be surprised that the world responds negatively in some ways, even if we're, I mean, look at how the world responded to Jesus. Mm. And he did everything perfectly. And we certainly don't meet that standard. Mm. Um, So, you know, we'll get to the Beatitudes that say, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake and insulted and Mm -hmm. so in in one sense it shouldn't come as a surprise if everyone doesn't respond even if we hold things we believe and think are true rightly and good kindly and wisely and meekly it shouldn't surprise us if the world doesn't always respond well to that Mm -hmm. i think that the the temptation for christians is is to have this mindset of righteous anger Um, but i think too often we can sin and our righteous anger by how we're handling that conversation. Yeah, we don't want to forget that verse in James wrote after he says, be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger, because the anger of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God. Okay. So I think, I think we'll make this our last question. We'll see if I can squeak another one in or not. But um, social media is a very important part of my job. I'd like to cut back, but I need to keep checking, posting, and responding. When I go online, I see other posts. So how do I keep the balance? I think for me, obviously working social media here, um, that's one of the reasons I think that I personally am not as active in terms of posting things outside of work because it's my job and it's so easily we'll be able to overtake my whole life if I'm not careful. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that I, I continually have to work on and, and balancing. If I, I don't have it all together. I, I'm still tempted to, to do this scroll all the time, 
but how do I make sure I'm, I'm disengaging in the times that I'm not, if that's my job, how am I disengaging in times that's not my job so that way mm-hmm. I'm not overwhelming my whole life with it and becoming addicted very quickly. Mm-hmm. That's good. Which I probably am. Any other comments on that before? I- what, what was the question? I'm sorry, Ms. Um They're trying to figure out how, if it's a piece of their job, you know, it's so integrated into what they do for work. How do you keep that balance? Yeah. I mean, I think a number of things we've said along the way in terms of, um, you know, seeing the effect it has on these other things. Mm -hmm. But I I think there was a book that I read, it's called The TechWise Family. (laughs) And I think it gives some some real good uh, counsel as to how is it affecting you and how is it affecting your family and ways Mm -hmm. to, you know, to... You know, to, to see those things. I, I think that, you know, obviously there's there's a there's a need if it's part of your job, and it may be helping to, in your relationship. But I think the things that we said before would still, still apply. I think um, you, you just can't let it be have no bound no boundaries, and you're always feel like you're a slave to your phone or you're a slave to your you know your things that are coming in. Okay. What does Ask yourself, what does kind of moment by moment, or maybe like hour by hour, what does faithfulness look like here? Faithfulness to my responsibilities, faithfulness to what God would have me do, because if it's your job, then faithfulness to your job means engage, do what you're supposed to do. But then the day ends, and faithfulness now means something else. There's faithfulness to your family or faithfulness to the Lord, and 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 so if you can just evaluate each slice of your day like that, mm-hmm. uh, that, that might be a good guide. Okay. Well, I think I was saying too, it's okay to say no at times mm-hmm. and have boundaries. It's, it's needed. Yeah. So one last mild question, because um, I know even up on our advertising there, we have YouTube, but we didn't really mention that too much at all. Um, would you still include YouTube and its content and the way that you interact with that in the same bucket, if you will, as all the other things that we've kind of said here today, or do you feel like that's a little bit different? Yeah, I, I think, um, it, so YouTube is, I mean, all of these different social media things have some strengths and weaknesses and pros mm-hmm. and cons, and so YouTube does not tend to, you know, tend towards the comments and arguing and like kind of interpersonal stuff. It does tend more towards um, towards a unfaithful use of time, you know, the auto-playing videos and, um, as, um, and, um, and maybe, and some of the, the finding my identity in my self-expression, kind of that Instagrammable life, you know, I'm going to be a YouTuber and, and I, you know, I want to get those subscribers and can start to have some of the same pull on me there. So I think it's, some of the issues apply. Yeah, I think that, I mean, YouTube is the number one used platform for younger people, more so than Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. And I think, like you said, more than anything, it's it, it, so easy to fall into the pitfall of use of time, poor use of time over time. Uh, there's obviously tons of good things on YouTube. We can find out how to fix anything in our house, whatever else. Um, but using it as a crea- creation platform and things like that, streaming, all that kind of stuff, uh, it, it creates, yeah, use of time issues as well as identity issues still in the creation side of it, how you're getting comments, likes, et cetera, still in some degree, uh, but it's not quite the same comment arguments as a Facebook would be. Yeah, the other thing I'd say about YouTube, um, and this is true kind of to some extent, was, was being said with social media in general, but um, YouTube can be deceptive to you, and it can be deceptive in this way. 
if there's something particular you're interested in, it feeds you everything connected to that. And you can think, man, everybody feels this way or thinks this way. But all you're getting is that slice of folks who have similar views, similar points of view, and it can deceive you into thinking that this is shared far more widely than you might Mm -hmm. That might really be true. And it is important to comment. You do use YouTube, so that is fair. I do we will use give YouTube him that. He is one regularly. <laughs> You're a we YouTuber. Will use that. That's right. Thank you for listening to part two of the Christian and social media here on Grace at the Table. Grace at the Table is a production of Grace Community Church in Kingsville, Maryland. If you enjoyed this show, please take a moment to like and subscribe and share it with a friend. If you'd like any more information about our church, please visit gracecommunity.org. Thank mm-hmm. you.